But first, we want to bring you back to that shift that Dennis Hayes talked about from the 1970s to the 1980s. And to do so, I got in touch with Jay Turner. He teaches environmental studies at Wellesley and is the co-author of The Republican Reversal, Conservatives and the Environment from Nixon to Trump. In the book, Jay and his co-author, Andrew Eisenberg, note that the 1970s was seen as the environmental decade. So I asked him, how then should we see the 1980s? Yeah, you know, it's amazing how quickly things can sometimes change, right? I mean, you, know, you go back and you read 1972 and you re- read the Republican Party's platform, you know, they're emphasizing their commitment to the environment, you know, positioning themselves as leaders and ahead of the Democrats on the issue and really chiding Congress for not a democratically led Congress for not keeping up with the Nixon administration, right? Jump ahead a decade and the story is completely different. Um, you know, Ronald Reagan on the campaign trail really called into the question and the urgency of environmental issues, described the regulations that had been put into place, um, many of them put into place by the Nixon administration, is you know, just being prime examples of overregulation and really calling for a fundamental shift that put the economy ahead of environmental protection, as if those two things are you know, entirely in loggerheads. Now, you've coined the phrase in the title of your book, The Republican Reversal, um, and you, certainly you argue that Ronald Reagan marked the beginning of this reversal. Can you expand on what you mean by that Republican reversal? A big piece of it is reminding people that there was this moderate Republican tradition that wasn't just about Nixon. It was also about lots of folks who were in the U.S. Senate, people like John Chafee from Rhode Island, who were core supporters of laws like the Clean Air Act and the Clean Water Act. And so and today, I think most people's starting point is that you know the dividing lines on environmental issues are clear with Democrats pushing for reform and protection and Republicans often pushing back against that. And the re- Republican reversal you know, really signals to people that we're in a very different place than we were when there was so much more bipartisan cooperation and work together on these issues in the late 1960s and the 1970s. Could you describe some of the deeper economic and structural changes that might have left, led to a shift in the Republican Party? Yeah, I mean, so you're thinking about kind of that jump from Nixon to Reagan. There's a lot that happens in the 1970s and a lot that happens with the economy and with energy and new concerns, um, both about economic slowdown and uncertainty in the oil markets, right? So the conflicts in the Middle East and the changes in the oil industry starting in 1973 and then later in the 1970s, it really started to shake um, people's confidence both in the economy, but also the abundance of resources and the abundance of energy. And suddenly, environmental laws that were very much focused on protecting public health and the environment seemed like impediments to economic growth and limiting access to energy. And you know that was one of the big points that Reagan emphasized as he came into office, right? The need to unleash the nation's energy resources and restart its economy. It, it seems like another factor, and you tell me if I'm wrong, was changing attitudes about expertise and science, uh, particularly within the Republican Party. Was there a shift in the way science was regarded? I think that, I mean, I think you're right. There is absolutely a repositioning of the Republican Party 
uh, with respect to science. And it's a repositioning that gains momentum over time. And you know, I think there are elements of it um, in the Nixon administration, but also a lot of respect for and concern about the warnings that scientists were bringing about issues of air pollution and water pollution and endangered species that informed laws that were you know, rigorous science-based laws that you know, required scientific review on a periodic basis that put scientific considerations ahead of economic considerations. And so in the 1970s, you know, the role of scientific expertise was central to these early environmental laws. That begins to fray. And in part, it frays in the 1980s with the Reagan administration. And then kind of the big environmental issue that was always on the front page on the headlines was acid rain, how to reduce emissions from power plants that contributed to acid rain. And the Reagan administration really dragged its feet on that and didn't take up the warnings that scientists were raising and called them into question. So I think you know, that's one piece of this, um, this puzzle, but it's one that gains much more momentum as we move into the 1990s and on towards present. Does the Cold War, ideas of American exceptionalism, does any of that come into this Republican reversal that you talk about? You know, one of the things that Reagan emphasized time and time again was, you know, how exceptional this country was and how that exceptionalism really hinged on kind of that notion of abundance, uh, natural resources and kind of the unlimited potential of the American people and the American economy. He, he really put that in opposition to environmental laws and the environmental regulations. And you know, when I think of kind of why we chose Reagan as the turning point for the Republican reversal, especially in the context of contemporary politics in the Trump administration, is because you know, in many ways, Trump is the culmination of the ideas and, and, and many of the policy initiatives that Reagan set into motion back in the early 1980s. So give us some specific examples of the early uh, Reagan administration's uh, efforts to either roll back existing regulations uh, or open up um, opportunities for kind of unregulated uh, mining or uh, uh, drilling for oil. Yeah, so examples from the start of the Reagan administration well, one kind of area, one priority for the administration was expanding access to oil, gas, and coal on the public lands. And so Secretary of the Interior, James Watt, I guess one of the um, political cartoons I, I remember from that era is Watt running uh, with a surfboard to a beach, and the beach is you know, covered with oil derricks. And Watts yelling, surfs up. And you know, those are the kinds of policies that the administration pushed were ones which would make it easier and expedite the development of fossil fuel resources on the public land. So the largest source of coal in the United States has been the Powder River Basin in Montana and Wyoming. And it was James Watt and the Reagan administration that played a key role in enabling the development of, uh, of those coal fields. Also, you know, we were 10 years in to the implementation of the Clean Air Act in the early 1980s. And there was a lot of concern about the requirements for reducing emissions of key pollutants, including lead, sulfur dioxide, nitrous oxides. 
And the administration pushed back and slowed down the regulatory process to impose limitations and to require emitters, which are largely power plants and other major industry, kind of slow down efforts to formalize the regulations that were, would require them to reduce emissions. Well, how did the public respond? Public opinion polls, um, you know, today suggest there's still very strong support in general for clean water, clean air. You know, what stands out about the 1980s is one kind of how aggressive the Reagan administration's um, policies were in opposition to environmental protection and the people that Reagan appointed to lead this environmental regulatory rollback. People like James Watt and Ann Gorsuch, who was at the EPA, and Watt was at the Department of the Interior. But in the early 1980s, there was a tremendous amount of public pushback against the Reagan administration's initiatives. And there was a lot of concern amongst Republicans um, about the administration's direction. And I think you know the Reagan administration pushed hard on these um, rollbacks right at the start of the administration and did not actually have a whole lot of success over three, four years in making the kinds of fundamental changes that the administration aimed for. And by the time Reagan's looking to get reelected, um, some of his early appointees have been pushed out of the White House for mismanagement and uh, and and corruption. You know, the people he brought in, um, kind of halfway through his administration, were moderates. And in fact, one of them was Bill Ruckelhouse, who had led the EPA at the start of the agency under the Nixon administration. And so, you know, we saw the Reagan administration dial back its environmental agenda and moderate it. And it never acted on that big issue of acid rain. That became George H.W. Bush's key environmental accomplishment. But the Reagan administration did play a key role in negotiating the Montreal Protocol, which addressed the stratospheric ozone hole and its depletion um, during his second term. 